What if I told you you have full permission to be the raw, messy version of yourself? That from this moment forward, you don't have to put on airs ever again. Like you can show up to life when you're angry, when you're super frustrated, when you're feeling really down and sad and alone. And best of all, that you don't have to do one more thing to please anyone else. Sounds a bit like a dream, right? And I'm totally down for it. I'm gonna sign up right now. But I want you to think about that for a moment. You just have to show up as yourself. Now, I know it sounds so enticing. So why do we immediately default back to the old way of being? Of trying to be something that will please those around us. We really don't even care what they think anyways. And why are we trying so damn hard? Now, if we all stopped trying so hard, we'd see that the woman next to us is doing the exact same thing. She's trying her hardest to trying to be something for her family, for herself, for her job, something for you. And if we become what we behold, and you're going to hear a little bit more about that today from our guest, but if we just sit with that for a moment, let that sink in. If we become what we behold, then every single day we are becoming more and more of something. So what are you becoming? Now, I know that's a question that I have been wrestling with in this season of my life and not just trying to escape the trap of trying to please others and get their affirmation and their validation, but also recognizing that what I'm thinking about, what I'm meditating on is ultimately who I am becoming. So let's just get super real with one another right here in this space, here on the Courage Cast, giving each other permission to show up, giving each other permission to be completely present with one another in all of the messy parts of life because it's in the pain, it's in that struggle, it's in that really, really difficult time of growth that we find the courage to live bravely. You're listening to The Courage Cast, a show to equip and empower women to live bravely. Each week we'll share coaching conversations and stories of women who are willing to face their fear and pursue their purpose. Here's your host, life coach, author, and your secret weapon. Oh, my friend, I'm so glad to be back with you. It's been way, way too long. And I know it's totally on me, not you. But after long last, we are going to be officially launching season five. Can you believe it? Now, in the meantime, I couldn't sit on this conversation that I'm going to share with you today and wait to release it. So as soon as I got behind the mic and I started talking to the guest I have on today, I knew that it was going to have to be released in advance of the rest of the season. And so this beautiful conversation with Ruth Chu Simons is going to completely inspire that creative part of you. I really believe it's gonna breathe life back into you. It's gonna help you to come alive. Now in complete transparency, when I got off the call with Ruth and immediately um, I just went into the other room and I started playing the piano, which is something I haven't done in so long. And I've done it every day since. And you know what? I really believe that 
There's so much creativity within all of us if we just tap into it. Ruth Chu Simons is a best-selling author, entrepreneur, and speaker. Ruth and her husband, Troy, are raising six boys, six, six boys in Colorado. And Ruth's first book, Grace Laced, won a 2018 Christian Book Award. And her latest book, Beholding and Becoming, which is so incredibly gorgeous, just released on September 10th. And wow. I am going to be giving away a copy of her book at the end of the week to one amazing listener. So all you have to do is grab a screenshot of this episode and post it to your Instagram stories or to your feed, but make sure that you tag at the dot courage cast and at Ruth Chu Simons so that you can be entered into the draw for this Friday. Okay. I cannot wait to share this conversation with you. Here we go, friends. Ruth Chu Simons. Ruth, I'm so thankful that you are here on the Courage Cast today. It's really exciting to meet you, and I'm really excited to talk to you and also to hear about all of the creative endeavors that you are doing in your life, which I think is so beautiful, so lovely. So many people that listen to the Courage Cast probably would classify them sells as creatives Mm. and you're doing some really incredible beautiful work so I'm going to kind of let you talk a little bit about that but welcome to the show why don't you tell us a little bit about who you are and what you're passionate about perfect thanks so much for having me my name is Ruth Jo Simons and I am the founder of a website called gracelace.com it started off 13 years ago as a blog where I was really just documenting grace in the everyday, like what is worthy of watching and seeing and knowing that life is not just what is on the surface. And so I was working on just really documenting that, writing that out for myself. And then um, at that time, I was a pastor's wife. I was also in education. My husband founded a classical Christian school. And in the same decade as doing those two things, we had six boys. And so I'm a mom to six. (laughs) My oldest is 17 and my youngest is six. And so I was really busy for a decade and a half, really not doing all the things that you would think are professionally creative and wonderful endeavors. I was not sitting around painting and launching a business and being super creative in a very visible way. That was a season of life where um, my creativity came out in the dinners I served or the drapes I put on my wall or even the conversations I had with friends or um, in ministering or counseling younger women. And so... um, Years later, about um, seven years ago, um, Instagram kind of became a more popular medium for everybody to use. And so I was promoting my blog through Instagram and started finding it to be just a perfect um, platform in that season of life. I still had littles. I was still part-time homeschooling, but um, I I started having more bandwidth to paint and draw. And I was using art as because I was always artistic, if I just really didn't have time to do much with it, um, my early years of motherhood. And so, so about seven years ago, um, I, yeah, right? <laughs> I'm looking back going, okay, yes, around that time, I had a baby on my lap and, um, and I would just paint and stand up and take a quick cell phone picture. And that became like the first flat lays I did on Instagram. And I wrote a little quick thought to go with it, um, just really exploring what was, you know, 
maybe the quote that I painted or the scripture verse that I painted, or even just what I, why I was sketching something out and how that related to what I was thinking and what I was going through. And that, um, that pairing of art and more like meditative thoughts, those two things came together as a really great voice for me on Instagram. And, um, readers and followers just said we want more and asked to purchase the artwork and so in 2015 i just um not very intentionally really started a shop in conjunction with gracelace.com the the blog and the shop truly just took off and um i've been so grateful never knowing that years later it would become a brand that a lifestyle brand of um stationary products and home products that would make it um, around the world and in major stores around our country and elsewhere around the world. And, um, and of course, with that came an opportunity to two years ago to publish my first uh, book, Grace Lace Discovering Timeless Truths Through Seasons of the Heart came out in 2017 and won a Christian book award. And so I was so wow. grateful. And a few books and a few products later, I am now about to uh, release my newest book, Beholding and Becoming the Art of Everyday Worship. Um, it comes out September 10th. So I've been kind of a full circle journey woman and um, I've been really grateful to see different seasons of my life and in the creative process. That's amazing. Okay, I have so many questions. Um, I'm not even sure exactly where I want to start exactly, but I'm I'm picturing first of all you with a baby on your lap, yeah. and you take these first photos, and yeah. it's kind of like one of those things where you you don't know what it it means necessarily to look out into the future and see that possibility. Yeah. Yes. What were you yeah. thinking maybe at that time? What did you need at that moment? Yeah that was kind of the catalyst for you to be like, okay, I just need to actually mm -hmm. express this. So, you know, I think one of the best things about that season of my life was I wasn't actually trying to make money doing it. I wasn't trying to launch something. I wasn't sitting there thinking, if I take this photo, maybe I'll gain a thousand new followers. And that to not have that pressure, not to feel like I was building a platform. I was genuinely letting it be an overflow of my heart. And I say that not to sound all like spiritual and sweet and, and the flowery, I, I say that to say all our best work comes out of the overflow of what fills you up. So whoever is listening today, your very best work, whether it's writing, singing, um, cre creative writing, um, artwork, whatever it is that you long to do, um, creating content for a podcast, your very best work will come out of a time where you've invested in being filled up and doing what is kind of um, a value to yourself, not just to produce something as a value to somebody else. And so I think what happens is sometimes we turn it on its head and we go, I think people want to see this. People want to hear this. And so then I, we create that thing to please other people when really I think a lot of the success I saw early on and continued on was really that I stayed true to what is it that I'm learning? What is it that's mm -hmm. filling me up? And from there, Instagram was just a place where I could say, and I'm going to share it. I'm going to tell you what I'm telling myself. I'm going to share with you what I'm sharing with myself. This thing that I'm learning and growing in, I'm just going to put it out here for you. And this painting, it's not perfect. It's not the best thing I've ever done. And you don't even have to buy it. The whole goal here is I just want you to see that I took the five minutes I had and created something that spoke to my heart. And that ends up in turn being a blessing to others. And when you think of it, think about it, the very best marketing you could ever have 
in any field is is empathy and generosity is ultimately giving something that can actually reach into somebody else's life and add value to theirs. And so when I look back and I think about the whole history of Grace Lace, whether it was in its blog form, and we have all the archive, the blog posts from over a decade, all archived and saved, but whether it was when I was creating recipes for my blog or now when I'm creating products for stores and for our own um, e-commerce site, whether it's that I'm editing pages and pages of a book that will, won't come out for another year, that, that, that work will always be my best work if I first and foremost stay genuine and true and authentic to the fact that I need to grow first. I need to live first the words that I want to write. I got to live and experience first the beauty I want to create. And um, that's helped keep me from burnout. Doesn't mean I don't get tired. Doesn't mean that I always have fresh ideas. No, I run out of ideas too. But mm. at the end of the day, as creatives, our number one best way to start something, to start up something, or to keep on running with something is to make sure that we're investing wisely in personal development. Uh, absolutely, I love that. And I love the fact that you're you're talking about how you were learning yourself mm -hmm. and then kind of putting it out there. There's probably some level of vulnerability that was kind of attached right. to that time. What do you think for you maybe was kind of like that vulnerable moment? Because I know you're sharing a little bit about the art, but you're also sharing art. What did that feel like to you to actually like, okay, put that out into the world and say, okay, right. here's the thing that means the most to me, or I'm kind of navigating. Right. What did that feel like? So, you know, I think as um, a recovering perfectionist, I probably, my me too. <laughs> way to do anything would be to fine tune it, hone it, make it perfect. And then suddenly say, ta-da, aren't you impressed? But I think what was organically happening was that I was allowing people into the process, the process of me learning. Um, I actually taught myself watercolor. I, w I had been a printmaking oil and acrylics painter. Um, but with six kids at home, watercolor dried the fastest, was the least toxic, and quickly it was easy to do at the kitchen table and to put away really quick. So I brought people into that process of, I'm, you know, my paintings now are better than they were five or six years ago, um, I brought them into the process of learning what it is to create products. The products now are way more professional and way nicer than they were initially. And I think part of the thing that we underestimate is that, um, you know, we live in a time now where brands tell stories more, but we underestimate how much story there's, there's a saturation of all brands and all products you're really trying to reach even one person with your story. And the story doesn't have mm -hmm. to be um, some dynamic, dramatic, I don't have a story where I'm telling you ins and outs of deeply personal things. I'm just simply giving you my perspective because I'm the only one on this whole earth that can tell the story from my perspective. And you're the only one who can tell your story and the story of the, your perspective of God's green earth from your voice. And so we are all individuals and unique that way. And that's both a vulnerable thing and makes you kind of feel like, oh, what if it's not good enough? Or what if they don't get it? Or what if I haven't perfected it enough to make it worthwhile? And I guess I'm just saying, sometimes we underestimate how much people appreciate being brought along in the journey as you grow, as you learn. 
Mm -hmm. So you mentioned this perfectionism. I also call myself a perfectionist in recovery, which I'm one on the Enneagram. I'm not sure if you're (laughs) a fan of the Enneagram, but, um, how, how has that been for you? Like, you know, both as um, a businesswoman, as, you know, an artist, as a mom, like how has that kind of affected you and how have you been able to navigate even just kind of, you know, overcoming your ideal or the ideal that you maybe would like to have? You know, I, I think that the reality is when you're in business, there is a level of hustle, a lot of standard, you do hold yourself and all your employees and any product. I mean, I don't let a product go out the door dented and bruised up. I have a standard for those things. So perfectionism and caring about a high quality of standard is really important. And I never want to lose sight of having um, a, a keen eye on quality or a keen eye on efficiency or doing things to the best of our abilities and always reaching for another goal. I, I never want to lose sight of that. But I think the difference is in my early 20s, I think I would have wanted all that, but it would have been all about what I wanted to be seen of myself. Like it would have been like mm. my reputation, my um, my prestige. I didn't want to be seen as less than in any other way. And um, I think the freedom for me these days is that in the last 10, 20 years of my life, I've grown so much in my faith. My faith actually really does determine everything I think or do. Meaning, whereas in my 20s, my early 20s, or even in my teens, my identity was so wrapped up in whether I did something perfectly or whether I was better than somebody else, whether I was number one and prettier, better, anything, just whatever the er is, I was always aiming for the, the more. And, you know, now I think as a woman of faith, as somebody who is a believer and a Christian that says, my life's not no longer my own, I now come from a perspective of saying, um, my kingdom, I'm not, I'm not dying with this whole thing. Like I want to leave a legacy, but just racking up the most followers, having the most money, um, achieving the most status, that's never going to be satisfying. And so the freedom now in running a business and publishing books and creating um, a social media platform of content, whatever it is that I am doing and trying to do with all my might and do it well, the well part is no longer to secure my happiness. It's no longer, if I don't, I will be nothing. I will amount to nothing. I will feel like a failure. It's no longer tied to that. Now it's just a stewardship thing. Now for me, I say, well, um, this opportunity is a gift. Um, my, my followers are a gift. My audience, the readers, those who purchase my products, they are all a gift. And for as long as they are willing to um, join me in this journey, that's a stewardship. I have a, I have a responsibility to steward that moment well, to give them um, what is true and good and what I'm honestly um, producing out of the overflow of my own heart. I don't want to fake this. I don't want to say something that I haven't lived out. And so I think when there's a stewardship principle involved, then you can feel a lot freer to be the raw, messy version of yourself. It doesn't mean I hang my laundry out for everybody to see or know, but it means that I can say, you know what, I'm growing in this. I made a mistake. Um, I have to apologize to my customer. We made a mistake here. Or um, something happened that didn't 
go the way I want to do. I can talk to my own employees and say, I apologize, ladies. I shouldn't have said it that way. And so the perfectionism is no longer like hanging over me. Of course, it always, there's something about it that's always going to make me want to go, hey, is this a healthy standard or is this kind of a, is this enslaving you? Are you chasing something that's not realistic? Um, yes, that's always there. But I feel a newfound freedom right now in my 40s where I'm realizing it's not just about age. Wow, I've, my days are numbered and I get to choose how I want to steward what I've got here. And if this is all a gift, then my only job is to do the best I can do and give it all back for the better of the people around me and for the glory of God. That's how I think of it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, it's interesting because I'm very fascinated with even kind of the process, like, you know, when people are, you know, using a social media platform and, you know, you say that, you know, well, I'm not just kind of just throwing my dirty laundry out there, just, you know, because there's a level, I think, that, you know, some sure. people are maybe one end right. and then the other people are, are completely the opposite right. end. And it's kind of a hard space to be when you have that many people following you. How is it for you? Like, what do you do to kind of keep yourself in check and go, okay, this is my level. This is where I'm able to be vulnerable at this point. How do you kind of discern that? Yeah. You know, um, for one thing, you'll never please everybody because I think there are those who really want to connect on an online space and hear somebody say they had a horrible day, yelled at their kids and they're on their third glass of wine and they're having, you know, they, they, cussed a lot today. And you know what? That's real and raw. And some people are willing to have a conversation online like that. And then there are some people who stage every picture and every picture is a, an interpretation of their real life. And I prefer to look at it this way. I would say um, being an artist and being a content creator who loves beauty, I'm probably not going to take a picture of my bedroom when I, when everything is exploded, just to say my room is messy, but how, but is it possible for me to take a realistic photo of a part of my room and use words to let you know, Hey, I still value that. I don't need to show you everything for us to connect on the fact that it's really hard to keep our rooms clean. It's really hard to deal with children who disobey. It's really hard to deal with um, things that don't go my way. Because the reality is if you read my posts, you probably don't know all the details of what's going on in my life, but I think we can connect. We can say, you feel disappointed. I feel disappointed. You're going through loss. I'm going through loss. You're ready to pull your hair out because mothering is really hard. I am too, but I don't have to sit there and necessarily reveal to you which child did what, because that's their story. That's private. And I don't necessarily need to show you how dirty and messy my room is because quite frankly, somebody else is going to have a dirtier or messier room, right? I mean, it's possible if we're going to compare, there'll never be an end to it. So at the end of the day, I desire to use what I've been given on social media um, to use it as an opportunity for just a lens shift, just, just a lens shift. It's just a way to say, Hey, this is my lens. It's not going to be like everybody else's, but when you join me and I pulled up my lens, maybe you can see things a little bit different. So that's the way I see it. And for me, ultimately, I do have some filters for myself, right? You know, not just visual, not just uh, photo filters, but like personal filters of like, you know, for me, one of the top goals that I have and the question I ask myself at the end of every post is, what is the goal for this post? What is the ultimate takeaway? What is the reader, if the reader finish this, the end of the post and can only say, 
wow, lucky you. That's just not how I'm using it. Um, I think plenty of people can have a feed that is private and if they want to post the new car, their new house, that's fine. That There's nothing wrong with doing that for your friends and family to know what's going on. But for me, um, I feel accountable to using that space in a way that ultimately um, adds value for somebody else who's mm-hmm. reading and listening. I love that. I would do want to actually talk to you a little bit about beauty because I really love how you you know you you kind of put that and as a content creator and even as someone because I have a lot of friends who are in design the design industry and field and and I kind of see their process a little bit about like how they um they navigate social media but I'm interested even in the kind of artistic bent of it all Mm. what beauty do you see just kind of in your everyday that you want to share with the world? What's the kind of the beauty and how do you want to interpret that? Well, I've come a long way. I think um, if you had asked me this question 20 years ago, I would have said, I find beauty in decorative pillows and having (laughs) new furniture and having new clothes. And girl, I still like all that stuff. So trust me, I still like um, a whole new wardrobe and new shoes. And I do like all that stuff, but I will say, I've grown so much in my um, ability to see beauty in my everyday life. And where I think I've grown the most is realizing that as a content creator and as somebody who create and produces um, work that reflects my personal creative creativity, I have to spend a lot of time away from my work. So like I work online, I create with a paintbrush, I type on a computer. So much of my work is inward, and I'm honestly always looking at my own work. Is this good enough? Um, Do I like those words? Do I like that painting? And you can't keep on being inspired by looking at your own work or looking at other people's work that you end up comparing yourself to. So where I go now is I spend a lot of time looking at creation, and that might make me a little bit of a outdoorsy girl, but I got to just be honest, I am not that outdoorsy. I do not enjoy hiking, fishing, boating. Like I'm not really that outdoorsy, but I've Mm -hmm. learned to go outside and be and marvel at things that I did not create. So it doesn't matter if you live in Colorado, like I do, or you live um, in the city, but everybody has access to the sky. Everybody has access to clouds that go by. Everyone has access to a living plant that is unfurling its leaf. And for me, you'll find in my new book, um, a lot of paintings that are like tributes to really small things. I paint a hummingbird and I, I paint the tiniest of creatures and flowers because I've started to notice. I've learned to um, turn my attention and kind of realize that there's so much going on in the nuances of my life, um, in creation, especially that almost, if you take the time to notice it, you realize, okay, first of all, patterns and beauty, um, patterns in color and in beauty are everywhere. And you notice that there's order and there's stability and, um, and there is a beauty to creation that I believe comes from God, but well, whatever you are thinking when you step outside, mine turns my gaze to a creator and it causes me to realize I am not in control and it's okay. It's okay that I am not the one who caused the sun to rise and the sun to set and for the stars to come out at night. And that for me 
settles it and causes me to be able to be more free in creating my work because then my work is no longer, I'm not sitting there under this pressure of formulating and creating the most original, amazing thing in the world. I can stop and say, hey, I'm just here to reflect all the awe and wonder I'm experiencing outside of my own creation. Mm-hmm. You know, I took a walk yesterday and um, I'm living about four and a half hours north of uh, Toronto mm-hmm. and it is very remote. Mm-hmm. And I went from being a city girl downtown Toronto, right by uh-huh. the CN Tower, which is kind of like, you know, Mecca of, yes. <laughs> of, you know, Ontario. But all of a sudden now I'm, you know, living on a river and I'm walking to uh, the rapids. And yesterday I, I actually started by listening to a podcast on my walk. And mm-hmm. as I was walking, I, I pulled the earphones out of my ears and I just actually started to listen. Mm-hmm. And it was really interesting because as I started to listen is when I actually started to see things mm-hmm. that I hadn't seen before. Neat. I love that. Yeah. And I went off um, this trail that I walk all the time I actually saw part of it, the trail that split off and I thought, you know what, I've actually never gone down this part before. Mm-hmm. And I actually walked through it and I was like, there's a whole space I've never seen and I've been doing it for years. Mm. And it was so fascinating to me because it's just so beautiful and peaceful and mm. it's kind of the, the the time that I get to, like I'm, I'm a big journaler and I do meditation mm. and I run and I do all sorts of things. And but you know to just listen Mm -hmm. just to be out and listen to you know okay god what do you have to say to me yeah what are what are you just speaking to me in these moments and just listening for the birds and seeing the flowers and it's getting colder here so believe it or not some of the leaves are actually starting to turn oh wow Mm -hmm. and um it's one of those things where yesterday when i was thinking about like just how much we take for granted in everyday life the things that are going on in our lives and we get so consumed and caught up with Mm. what we need to do and the email we need to answer and um you know maybe the space we're occupying in the world and then we go out into nature where we go out into really experiencing beauty god's Mm -hmm. like his ultimate beauty and and think to ourselves you know like wow like i'm a piece of this Mm -hmm. well And I really think that faith is a muscle and you have to learn to train your eyes to have eyes of faith. You know, you have to have, you have to train your senses to see that everywhere around you is there's more going on than your present circumstances. And I think that that's the thing that we kind of miss when we're hustling and we're busy and we're just really um, taking every call while we're on our commute and using every moment to multitask. Sometimes we're multitasking so much that we miss out on what it is that God's calling our attention to right now in the moment that we are actually in. This conversation has completely inspired me to access the creative parts of myself and I hope for you too because there's something so special about taking time to be filled up and to express ourselves creatively, to work out our emotions on the canvas or through writing, dance, movement, music, whatever works for you. Now for me, it's taking that time to center myself and to open myself up to that most creative place without feeling like I have to be anything or do anything. So I want to encourage you to set aside some time this week to access the creativity in your own life. 
and I want to help you to do that. So I've got this beautiful guided meditation that I have written and recorded for you and it's available over at thecouragecast.com and it's going to lead you through the process. If you're kind of feeling a little bit unsure or uncertain about how to tap back in to that creativity, go over to thecouragecast.com, grab the guided meditation and I really believe that it will help you. Just my little gift to you. Okay, now back to our conversation. Now, I want to ask you a little bit about the title of your book, yeah. which I think is so beautiful, Beholding and Becoming. Hmm. What does that mean to you? Yeah. So, you know, a couple of years ago, um, when I was going through a really hard season of life due to some major changes and career and some some heartaches and some loss of relationships, just some difficult adult kinds of things, <laughs> you know, in our middle of our careers, um, I was realizing that it was so easy to fixate on what was not going right. And that's any of our lives, right? Any From any day to day, you have a choice to decide how what you're going to fixate on, what you're going to look at. And this word beholding really means that um, you allow your eyes and your senses and your everything to esteem, to really take into consideration how great this thing is that you are um, observing and um, taking in. So for example, in the, the intro of my book, I talk about being an art major and studying George O'Keefe. And, you know, it's using a big word to say I was beholding George O'Keefe's work. But my point is, when you really study something, when you really pay attention to something, and you really say, wow, that is worthy of my time, that's beholding. Beholding is saying, this is worthy. I am turning my gaze to this and not that. And so mm -hmm. when I put the book together, I wanted it to be a juxtaposition, a constant pairing of what is it that we can behold rightly in our everyday lives? And then how do we see that ultimately change us? Because the reality is the more you behold something, if you behold your bitterness in your life every day, you keep thinking about it, you keep fixating, fixating on it, you keep repeating the wrong done to you over and over and over again, that will shape who you become. That will affect the person that you become in five years. You will go in the direction and the trajectory of that bitterness. But if instead in your everyday life, whether it's putting a meal on the table for your family or um, or faithfully walking through over and over the work that is um, right before you or whatever the circumstance is, if you behold God's character and his purposes, and you have to go to the word for that. I can't make that up, but, but I reveal and I, and I open it up to say, hey, let's look at what the Bible tells us about what God is doing in our lives when we're going through these circumstances. Um, when you behold that, then whether it be five days, five years, um, a decade from now, we become shaped. Uh, the person we become will be influenced by how you're looking today at the circumstances of your life. So the beholding and becoming become pairs throughout the book. There are 16 pairs of them. Um, one way to behold and one way to become in each circumstance of, that we find in our daily lives. Mm, it's beautiful. And you, I think that is so poignant, even for, you know, women, you know, in our lives when we are experiencing trial mm -hmm. and we are trying to overcome 
things live bravely. You know, we talk about that a lot on the podcast. It's, you know, mindset is such a huge thing. Mm -hmm. And you're, you're talking about like, you know, when we do behold something and we are fixating, whether it be on the negative or on how are we becoming transformed? How are we changing? What does this mean for me to move forward in my life now and in who I'm going to become? I've just even myself, I've been on this journey, you know, to really see that what happens now is really a byproduct of what I've been thinking about. Absolutely. That's a great way to put it. And it's, it's one of those things where it can be very, very encouraging and also very sobering right? because there are times where, where I'm like, Oh, I'm going through this now because I thought about this. Right. And that's not a good thing. Right. You know, I'm actually seeing the byproduct of where my thoughts were and whether or not anyone knew what I was beholding or thinking. Mm-hmm. It is actually taking place in, in, in my life right now. Right. Um, and then the same when it's a positive thing, it's like, oh, and so sometimes we get to see that, you know, that the both sides of the coin, we can see the beautiful part of it, but then we also get to see, you know, like what's kind of that ugly thing that we were hanging on to and mm-hmm. holding on to. What would you say, you know, to maybe a woman right now who is, is kind of in the midst of that, that season where she is maybe trying to figure out, okay, what am I doing? I'm going through a lot of stuff stuff right now how do you actually behold and then become like what does that process look like for you so much of what i've written about in this book was learned long before i started wanting to write it a few years ago Um, so much of it was learned in those hidden seasons like over a decade ago when i literally wondered is this season a waste? Am I wasting my time? What about that college degree that I had mm-hmm. and I don't use? Or what if the, what about that talent that I know I have but nobody knows about? Or is the ship passing, you know, is my ship passing me by because everybody's getting really famous doing something that I know I'd be good at too, but I can't do it right now due to time or other commitments or whatever it is, or I'm not just not ready. And I think whatever it is that, um, and maybe, you're forced into a season of waiting because maybe your family's gone through a health situation or your your aging parents are needing you. Whatever it is, there are so many seasons of our lives where we don't get to shine in the ways that we really think we ought to or should be able to or um, really want to. And so my encouragement to anyone who's just going through a lot right now and wanting to learn the art of beholding and the art of becoming is ultimately to um, not dig in deep into your own self and say, what can I muster up? Like, just be, just be stronger, just be better, just do more. Because the reality is if we try to do those things, we might last for a few hours of um, being more patient, setting more goals. And all those things are good things. I don't mean don't be more patient or don't set goals. I'm simply saying um, the best way to use the season that you're in is to recognize that the kind of soul work that you need, the kind of uh, filling up that you need will pay dividends later. So right now you don't know how it's all going to be used. I, in my forties right now, I had no idea that in my twenties when I thought everything was such a waste and I spent my days picking up Cheerios off the ground, I did not know (laughs) that now I would get to see the fruit of that or that I would see the maturity of those years 
of pressing in and everyday faithfulness. Everyday faithfulness is going to look like different things to different people. Um, it might be a faithful thing for you just to go and go to work and um, do exactly what's been asked of you and to do it faithfully with a good attitude and be a joy to your coworkers. It might be mean everyday faithfulness for you to step out and start something that you know you need to do, lead a Bible study that you're supposed to lead or, or um, mentor a younger woman. Though that might be faithful in your season, but it also might mean everyday faithfulness might mean that you actually clean out the fridge today and do your laundry and put it away and not just leave it at the end of your bed. And I'm raising my hand over here saying, I got to follow through on some of those things because what you learn while you walk through those things and say, what have I been given to do? Learn to love what must be done. Stop pining away. And what this quote by Gerda is in the book, cease endlessly striving for what you want to do and learn to love what must be done. And that's a quick, um, mm. you know, paraphrase of his quote, just that ultimately what we're talking about is you've been given opportunities today, steward them well today and trust God to finish your story in a way that is beautiful in the right time. And don't waste today thinking about what you don't have, but steward well what you do. And right now, if you have breath, you have opportunity to talk to God, pray and think and think and use your mind for, for um, thinking on what is true and not what is false. You have an opportunity to go to the word of God. And even if you don't, you've never read the Bible or if you've never really wrestled with things of faith, you could still go to the word of God and start there and say, okay, I'm going to read a proverb today. I'm going to read and find out who this Jesus is. Why does he matter to me? And when you start to do some soul work, you realize like that's an investment that will pay dividends in the end. Mm -hmm. You're, you're so bang on. Like I just can't, you know, express enough, like how, how much, like what you're, you're saying is speaking to even the season that I've been in and also probably many people that I talk to of, you know, kind of feeling like you are really trying to do the everyday things and right. stay faithful, you know, in the everyday. And I think that's, you know, really hard for women because we, we get to see snapshots of what other women are doing and we, we think it's so much better and we have no idea right. really right. what that looks like. And, and the faithfulness of our own journey and the faithfulness that, you know, we get to choose every single day to stay true to what we feel mm. that we're called to do, or we feel compelled um, to action towards, I think is so, so important. And then of course, you know, um, one of the things that, you know, just kind of just came to me has been being honest with ourselves. Right. So it's not painting it with rose colored glasses when things are, you know, are not great. Right. Right. It's being honest and saying, you know, like things really suck right now. Like it's not good and, and I'm not feeling it. And my emotions are running high and things are, you know, I, my tank is empty and, and I don't really want to keep going and being honest about that and letting those emotions kind of be there and expressing them so that they have um, a space to, to be and then move sure, on. Sure. And not thinking that on the other side of the hard things that you're going through or the 
chaos or the confusion. I, I wait till I get everything good and make sure that I am now looking awesome. I've got my act together. I get up early. I go for a jog. We'll wait for that moment mm-hmm. to finally work on growing and, and, and turning to God and, and working on my heart things. Sometimes we do that. We act like I got to clean myself up and get myself really good and perfected before I can, you know, present anything or talk about my journey. No, I, I would say God actually is inviting you right now in all your mess. Mm. And so part of the journey is learning that, um, you actually can't clean yourself up enough and you can't get yourself organized enough. And there is not this perfect plan for your life where all of a sudden all the self growth and all the, um, the plans you have for bettering yourself, is all going to fall in line. They won't. And so at the end of the day, you have to kind of embrace what you've been given and say, okay, this is the moment where I have to turn and rather than stare constantly and fixate on what I'm not getting right, I'm going to turn to what I've been given, which is breath and the gratitude in a day to say, this is the day that God's given me. How am I going to use it to, to give it back to him and be a part of a bigger thing than my own kingdom? Mm-hmm. Now, having six kids, I'm sure mm-hmm. now I'm not married. I don't have any children. So I have no context for this. So I'm going to ask you, but I do have clients who talk to me a lot about, um, you know, it's hard for me to do such and such because, you know, I have my kids and what do you say to women who, you know, are maybe experiencing this kind of growth Mm -hmm. process and you have all of these kids. (laughs) Well, I think, (laughs) I think I, I'm in love with the word seasons. You know, I really am. Mm. Um, a quote from my previous book was called was from Grace Lace was um, you don't have to be blooming to be growing because the reality is we really do have different seasons for different things and there were seasons where my priority the front burner priority was training my kids how to clean up their rooms but spending mm-hmm. time doing that then has paid dividends now and so now really as they got as they are getting older. Um, you know, I, I mean, I'm saying this purely just out of a like praise hands in the air, but you know, mm-hmm. I don't, I don't cook anymore. Hardly. They make a lot of meals and they clean up after every, I don't do dishes. They do their own laundry. And so I, some of the freedoms that I have right now to grow and develop the the business and the, um, the work that I'm doing now, it's come at a time when I can afford to do that. Now I, I see the, a lot of groundwork laid already with my kids and they're in, they're in a different season. And so um, I guess my encouragement to moms out there would be number one, that um, no season lasts forever. And so um, prioritize and count the cost because it's possible that you hustle big time in a one season and say, I seriously don't have time to work on um, even eating right or caring for my kids, and I'm, I, I'm going to let somebody else do all these other things. And that's a choice you can make. But just know that if you make that choice, it might mean that you pay, play a little catch up with some other things a little bit later. And that's okay too. But count the cost and know that you can't have it all at any given time. So for example, early on when I prioritized wanting to be the person who um, taught my kids to read early on, and I wanted to be the one who 
you know, spent a lot of their early years together. Uh, that was a choice I made then, but that also means I didn't really start my business until about five years ago, right? And so you make those choices and um, no, no person can tell another person what to prioritize in what season, right? I could never tell you that, but I can simply say, nobody can do it all and you make choices. And I, I joke all the time and I know I've said this at other times too, but um, when I grew my business, I made a choice not to watch TV. And so I missed out on all the fun things that people talked about at parties, you know, because I, I didn't watch TV and I didn't watch any of the, the sitcoms or the series, um, never knew what was going on with The Office. And so, you know, yeah. um, I say that just to say, you can't have it all. You can't be super social and a super available mom and be the, um, the soccer mom on the field and grow a business and write books. You can't do it all. So you just need to choose and know that it's a matter of when. Every season brings different opportunities. Steward your current season well and figure out what is your front burner and what is a back burner thing mm -hmm. that you're paying attention to in this particular season. Ruth, you are speaking to me right now. I will take that <laughs> for sure. Um, I love that. No, because I think, you know, you're right. There's so much that we, we want to do and we think that it all needs to happen today. Yeah. And it, and, and right now. And it doesn't. And yeah. I think what the, the, the way, what causes us to feel totally stressed out. So I, I do a lot of self-assessment. I don't know if you do this too, but I I'll stop and go, why am I so unhappy today? Or why am I so mm -hmm. stressed out? Why can I yeah. not sleep? Why am I grumpy? Because really, you know, let's be honest so many days are fought with like, I'm just really cranky about something. Well, if I just trace that backwards, usually I get to a pretty spiritual answer like, wow, you're, you're a sinner that's pretty much prideful and frustrated because things aren't going your way. Like that's a spiritual answer. But a really practical mm -hmm. answer is if I trace that back, it usually means that I am really trying to do every, I'm trying to gain or have everything all at once. It's some version of mm -hmm. I deserve to have it all right now. And that's usually the cause of my unhappiness. And the all could be, um, you know, success of the work that I'm doing, um, at, you know, audience responding. It could be my children obeying. It could be friends in my community. It could be family members um, responding the way I want them to, right? Whatever your all is, I just end up wanting everything all at once. But you know what? Everything worthy of doing takes time. It takes time. And so we forget that you can't give everything your all all the time. You have to choose. And so it frees us up a little bit when we can say, well, if rather than thinking that my only way to happiness is by conquering all of it right now, just remember that no season is wasted. And even if you're giving an entire decade of your life to raising up your kids or growing something in the unseen or not seeing a lot of fruit, a lot of popularity, a lot of name and neon lights. Even if you're going in a season like that, just know that um, a really good God will use all of that in a different season in ways that maybe you don't expect. For me, it came years later that he used all those things I, I learned and grew in and, um, that's what you get to read now when you read my books and follow me on Instagram. It's not because I learned that last night. I learned it in a different season when nobody was paying attention. Mm -hmm. I love um, the word grace. It's kind of one of those things where I've had to really apply to my life because of really my own, um, you know, just 
frustration mm-hmm. with myself, mm-hmm. I guess. I'm probably the worst, um, the hardest on myself more than probably anyone else. And I had a mentor who used to say to me all the time, she'd go, Grace, Grace, Andrea. Mm-hmm. And 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 then she gave me this um, kind of figurine and on the bottom just says grace on it. And it's meant so much to me because I think that so often times that we do get caught up in in things and we don't see the grace that we need to have for ourselves mm-hmm. and the beauty and how how we can actually move in that space right. so much more freely yep. when we give ourselves or extend the grace that God is extending to us that right. we don't even want to extend to ourselves sometimes um i i've loved talking to you i'm excited to get my hands on your book beholding and becoming and um i'm going to share it uh, of course you know with my listeners here on the courage cast and and also you know just kind of with the people who um who follow me but how can people get your book where can they purchase it because i know that they're going to want that physical book in their hands it's so beautiful so how can they yeah thank you so much it's available anywhere books are sold um you can order online through barnes and noble target amazon um and i've heard that it's already made its way to a lot of stores um uh, independent bookstores hobby lobby sam's club will have it as well um and if you pre-order if this is um if you're listening and it's not yet september 10th then um head over to my website ruthjoesimons.com r-u-t-h-c-h-o-u-s-i-m-o-n-s.com and i'm offering everything from printables to watercolor videos as well as some strategic webinars on coaching in these particular topics we've talked about today with social media mothering writing and publishing um different things like creative business um i'm offering a one-time strategic webinar as a pre-order bonus gift and so if you pre-order now hop over there and claim those gifts and um yeah if you're interested in my artwork that um we've now um created as products for all over the world it's over at gracelaced.com where i work with my small but mighty team in creating products that turn our gaze and our attention to beauty and truth. Mm. Well, I will put all that in the show notes. So if people didn't get a chance, they're running or they're driving and they couldn't write it all down. I will put that in the show notes. You can just click on the couragecast.com and all of Ruth's information, her Instagram, everything will be there for you so that you can easily get a hold of her as well as grab her book, which I know you're going to want. Of course, if you live in Canada, you might want to look on Amazon. Will be available through Amazon as well, do you think? Yes, absolutely. Okay. Um, Just in case it's not in a bookstore. But of course, we have chapters, so you can grab it there. Yes. And it's going to be something that I'm going to definitely want to get my mom because my mom has more recently started to paint. Um, It's beautiful. She, She does a painting class when she goes to Florida in the winter, and so she's got lots of artwork displayed which I think is beautiful because she just started doing it in her late 60s and so um, it'll be a a beautiful gift for my mom I on the other hand would not classify myself as that type of artist whatsoever but you are an appreciator and all of us I I am totally I'm a musician yeah so but definitely definitely not an artist and she would laugh when she hears this because she knows that to be very very true Um, but I want to thank you so much for being on the Courage Cast today. Such um, a lovely conversation, and I'm so glad to have met you. So thank you very much. Well, thank you so much for having me. It's been a pleasure to be here. I think I may need to sit and process this conversation just a little bit more. 
But when Ruth so eloquently put, the best way to use the season you're in is found in the soul work. Oh, it just completely resonated with me. And maybe you're feeling the same. You could be in the middle of a really tough season of life that you feel like you're never going to get out of and you might be wishing it away so that you don't really have to deal with the pain or get into the process of growth. And if you're in a hard season, my friend, can I just encourage you to find yourself today in that time of waiting, which can be so stretching, just keep going. You might even wonder why things are so delayed in your life right now. And in those moments of delay, just allow that stretching and that growth to take place. Because it's when we are growing, it's when we're stepping into the messy places and we acknowledge the waiting, we acknowledge the pain, that's when we find who we truly are. So let me ask you, what is that messy place for you? And are you willing to step closer, to lean in, to see the beauty of what you can become from this season of life? Let me say this, because I think someone may need to hear it today. It doesn't matter what stage of life you're in, where you find yourself right at this particular moment. Seriously, friend, it doesn't matter how old, how young you are. I can honestly say that in every season of my life, I can look back and see that there were so many lessons along the way. And it hardly ever, ever looked like what anyone else was going through. So just lean into the season you're in. Now, before I go, I want to say a huge thank you to Ruth for being part of the Courage cast. I'm so excited um, that I got a chance to chat with her. She's such a beautiful and kind soul and just really a breath of fresh air. Now, her new book, Beholding and Becoming, is going to be your new favorite gift to give people in your life. So make sure you grab yourself a copy and also someone else to give away. And I have all the links to her book, which you can buy through our Amazon affiliate link. And of course, I'll be posting all of those over at thecouragecast.com, as well as a way for you to connect with Ruth through Instagram and her website and all of that. So make sure you head over to thecouragecast.com. Now this Friday, we'll be giving away a copy of Beholding and Becoming. So make sure you screen grab this episode right now. Just take a quick picture and tag at the dot couragecast and also at Ruth Chu Simons and post it to your Insta stories or to your Instagram feed. And we will make sure to grab that and enter you into the draw. Okay, friends, I loved this episode. I loved being back with you. I can hardly wait to share with you a brand new season. But until then, my gorgeous friend, remember, you have everything you need to live bravely. If you like this episode of The Courage Gas, we'd love to hear from you. Leave us a rating and review, and while you're there, hit subscribe so you never miss an episode. Original music and production by Stephen Crilly.